Welcome to the Inner Trends Podcast. Welcome to the future of mobility. Simply stay on track. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of our Inner Trends Podcast. Today we are talking about the heart of the Inner Trends and I welcome Kerstin Schulz on the show. Hello, Kerstin. Hi, Tim. Thank you. How are you? Well, it's getting better and better. The outer display is, for most of our InnoTrans visitors, a very highlight of every InnoTrans. At InnoTrans 2018, 155 vehicles were presented on the tracks directly located next to the exhibition halls. From high-speed trains to hybrid locomotives, from road rail vehicles to trams. Actually, this is where InnoTrans has its VIP USP. So, Kerstin, uh, what makes the outer display so appealing? Yeah, the um, the track display is unique worldwide. Uh, we have more than 3,500 running meters of track, and um, the special thing about thing about it is that you can go directly from the public net to the track display. And so so did I. And I saw in uh, 2018 the uh, brand new um, Berlin S-Bahn. That is the city train of Berlin. And funny story, last December I get on with a friend. We, we get on to the new S-Bahn and she's like very excited and completely amazed. And I wonder actually what is going on. And, you know, her glasses are still steamed up because of the mask. And then she says, uh, how fancy uh, these uh, new trains actually look. And she's looking to me and she's like, aren't you amazed at all? And I'm like, no, that's that's not new to me. I've been here before, two years ago at Innotrans. So um, this is actually my last memory of the track and outdoor display. So Kerstin, what impressed you the most in all the years of Innotrans? Yeah, I remember I was very impressed by the AGV because of the long nose. And um, there are so many vehicles I was impressed by, like the Sefiro or the Ideas train from uh, Deutsche Bahn or the Giruno. And last time I saw a black tram. It was from CRRC, completely made uh, with carbon, carbon fiber. And that was really amazing. Yeah, carbon, that's pretty cool. Um, Thank you, Kerstin. I'm, I'm already excited, actually, what to see at InnoTrans 2022 at the track and outer display. And whatever it may be, sustainable mobility will be definitely a trend topic. Tim, 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 Tim we, we forgot something. The Velaro was impressive, too. And uh, when you drive with the okay. Velaro <laughs> all the way to the end to the tracks, you are coming to Hub 27. And guess who's in Hub 27? Well, I guess Siemens Mobility, yeah. our two days <laughs> guess. You can't make that thing Thank you, Kerstin, for telling us something about the track and outdoor display. Um, if you're interested, we have some really nice photos on our InnoTrans blog. And yeah, thanks, Kerstin. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we are now actually going to speak with a CEO of Siemens Mobility. So, our guest today has worked on some exciting projects around the world in his career. Stations like Sacramento, Bangkok, Madrid and Berlin have shaped his path. 
I'm very pleased to welcome the CEO of Siemens Mobility now, Michael Peter. Hello, Mr. Peter. Welcome on show. Thank you very much. Hello to everyone. Today, we want to talk about a very important topic that is sustainable mobility through innovation. But before we talk about how innovative power can enrich the mobility of the future, let our audience get to know you a little bit better. Uh, we call this uh, InnoTrans Intro. And um, are you ready for some intro questions? Sure. Go ahead. So uh, when I see so many exciting cities in your Vita, uh, Nuremberg not uh, to be forgotten, and of course your hometown Braunschweig, I kind of start to think immediately of football. Uh, so I was told you're a big uh, football fan. So my first question is, uh, imagine you could trade your office for a day. For which club would you like to play? Eintracht Braunschweig, of course. Although I must say not in 2021, probably in 1967, I would like to play for them. We live a little bit in the past being Eintracht fans. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm a fan of Hertha BSC and it's been a long time uh, since we had some success. Um, if you could have a superpower, uh, which one would you choose and why? If I had a superpower, I'm predicting the future. That's smart. And, and what, what, how far would you actually go in the future? Like two weeks to see what's happening or actually 20 years? Probably rather 20 years, I'd like to apply it to actually changing the future, meaning um, um, resolving our current issues. Um, I, I do love our, our life here in Berlin. I, I do like mobility, moving around, meeting people. But I feel there's huge challenges ahead of us to make sure that future generations can live the same life that we have. And um, I think looking in the future and having a little bit of an advanced, fast learning curve Uh, would be greatly helpful. Yeah, I, I see. So, but you, so you want to be a time traveler? Actually, your superpower would be time traveling. Um, but if you could choose two famous people to eat, maybe to help you to invent this time traveling machine, who would it be? To meet two people? Yeah, to eat with two uh, famous people. It could be dead or alive. Um, Have a nice lunch with them. Uh, well, Albert Einstein would be scientifically interesting. Politically, probably. Brandt, Willy Brandt. Really? Willy Brandt? Why, why so? Oh, I'm just impressed how he um, restored peace and um, reconciliation in the past, especially with Eastern Europe. So that's, um, I think that's something in his vita that uh, is unparalleled. That's true. That's true. Uh, and I guess Albert Einstein could be really useful for, for your superpower uh, if you want a time travel, I guess. That would be the, the best expert. So last but not least, um, I will... Just say some words and uh, please tell us uh, which word comes to your mind first. Um, let us start. Mobility. Trains. Okay. Challenge. Technology. Success. Sustainability. And innocence. Move in beyond. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. That was enlightening. Um, and it always helps our audience to get the people um, that are actually enabling our future uh, mobility uh, a bit better. So uh, they know you a bit better. Let us start now with the interview and let's look at the current situation. At the end of the last year, the European Union agreed on a much stricter climate target for 2030. Mobility can play an essential role as game changer in achieving this target. So how great is the potential of the rail transport to meet climate targets? Well, the potential is huge. Already, as of today, 90% of the uh, transport kilometers on rail are done with electrification, meaning um, if the electricity is green, 
green electricity, it would be 100% sustainable. But but I think we also have to understand it in the broader sense of uh, how we want to move in the future overall. And um, so I think it's a complete concept. And to me, it starts with, do we have space in our cities to move? So uh, I think what we really need in the cities to have uh, more space to live, more space to play in the streets and to have uh, better uh, living conditions is a, a backbone rail um, that really carries the big load of transporting people. But, but then when you come out of the station, of course, it will only work if you have an overall system, meaning you need an intermodal connection, um, you need uh, tool to plan all of this so that um, your connection actually your, your self-driving minibus that, that that maybe arrives on time actually is also available for you and has a seat reserved for you and also when you go to the station you need then the, the connection between the big cities the, the high-speed traffic between the big cities to have a real a comprehensive um, offering that can really draw the the bulk of the transportation that we that we want to do within the countries onto the rail and, and therefore make it uh, completely green. That is actually true. And uh, I, I always, I'm always co uh, quite surprised when I read that there are still um, some kind of tracks in Germany, actually from the time of the German uh, emperor. Um, that is always, or bridges, that is like really, um, so there's there are plenty of things to do. Um, what do we need in order to use the momentum that rail will experience once the pandemic is over? Well, you... You touch upon the tracks from the emperor. There's even interlockings from the emperor still there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I read an article like like two weeks ago, and I was like, "How can this actually uh, uh, happen in a in a country uh, like like uh, Germany?" Well, it's just a question of how much money we want to invest in what infrastructure. And in the last fifty uh, years, probably year on year, there's been more investment into new infrastructure on the roads versus the tracks. And the question is, if we look forward now and, and we really want to have sustainable transportation, then, then this has uh, this has to change. So there must be more investment in tracks. And I think there is a huge difference um, between, when you ask me about the way forward, between infrastructure and uh, operations. I think we have to accept that infrastructure has been exploited for, like you say, over 100 years and has not been maintained with and, and met with the investment it needs to be really modern and have maximum capacity throughput, maximum punctuality. And, and this needs to be in, in invested into and it needs to be paid by the society who chooses how we want to move in the next 50 years. Indeed. indeed. I think it's a ball game when you talk about operators. I think there should be a lot of competition in, in operations and in transport providers and I think this can be a profitable business and it is absolutely um, feasible to compete with other modes of transportation but the infrastructure needs to be provided especially because it has been worn off over over too long a period of time. In, indeed it has um, but as you just mentioned that this process is actually evolving um, we are not at the point where we can say we got the final version of how to make mobility sustainable. So how can we actually, um, or you as a global leader, not me as, uh, as Inotrans uh, press officer, but how can you as global leader, as let's say agenda setting um, actor in the, um, in the world market, how can you make trains um, themselves more sustainable? How is the potential there? Well, the trains themselves are sustainable. The trains, like I said, use 90% of the trip kilometers are uh, on 
lines with catenary, so electrified. So we, all we have to do is provide them with clean um, electricity, which, for instance, Deutsche Bahn has been doing for the high-speed fleet, which is why they marked it with this green stripe instead of the typical ICE red stripe to, to promote that it's using completely green energy. Um, then I think there's a second part of a discussion that is very prominent right now. It's just how many resources are we consuming and is our planet Earth capable of reproducing these resources or, or are we capable of recycling these resources? And I made some rough calculations yesterday. If, mm. if you sit in a car and you, you want to move, you, you usually, I think, is 1.5 people in a car only, so you almost move a ton per person. In the train, you only you move 500 kilograms per person when a train moves. Um, which, which is the train itself per, per person, the weight divided by the um, number of passengers. But the train then runs uh, 180,000 kilometers a year, which is a lifetime of a car, and the train works 30 years. Mm. So you roughly have uh, 30 times more usage of the material you put into a train to transport a person a kilometer versus a car. So when it comes about resource utilization, the train is 30 times more efficient. When it comes to energy, it's, it's, it's more efficient and it can be made clean tomorrow. And I think this is important to understand also because if you look at the climate targets, I'm always baffled by these statistics that say, oh, 2040, we have to go to zero emission and 2030, we have to go to 50. And then we think yeah. the first nine years, we don't have to do anything. But, but as you know, the CO2 collects in the atmosphere and takes thousand years to... Uh, um, yeah, to, to, to get recycled or to, 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 to get out of the atmosphere yeah. again. And, and so these assumptions of, of the values of CO2 are accumulated uh, numbers that we can still blow up there in the atmosphere. And if we don't change anything, if we continue blowing up what we're blowing up today, we have five years left and then we have to go to zero in five years and not in 2040. So <clears throat> what I'm getting at is we must switch to solutions that are technology that is available now to go to zero emission and uh, train can do that today. Are we are we already too late at this uh, party actually? Because when I read the 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 goals um, or the targets of the European Union and the the uh, the facts you just mentioned, um, are we are we too late or is it still time to actually uh, change the game to a more sustainable mobility? Well, I think it's never too late. Um, the question is probably nowadays if we can achieve a one and a half degree. Uh, warming as, as is the Paris climate target or is it two degrees warming but um, certainly um, we should hurry up so it doesn't become two and a half degrees um, because the, the effects of warming obviously are much more severe with every half half degree. What I can say if I, if, uh, if I look at some of the rollout plans they are ambitious what the European Union is saying double, double the traffic uh, high-speed traffic by 2030 if I look at infrastructure they are not ambitious enough And I'm talking about Europe overall. I mean, for me, we need ETCS everywhere so the trains can compete connecting Milan with uh, Munich, that they can compete with the cars. It just doesn't make sense that the train still needs to be homologated in every country and um, that the, track, uh, the train driver needs then to uh, have a different license in every country. Just imagine you buy a car and you drive to France, you get stopped in Holland, you need to change the car. Um, and uh, you need to change the driver, and then you got stopped again when you drive to France a second time, and you change the car and the driver. <laughs> yeah, that, that's re ridiculous, yeah. That doesn't make any sense for rail. I mean, this this really needs to change and needs to accelerate, and, and part of it is the ETCS rollout that needs to really accelerate, especially on the network. It should be possible to drive through Europe 
with only one signaling system on a locomotive and not five. I mean, that, that needs to happen very, very quickly. And uh, what about hydrogen batteries? Yeah, so when I said 90% of the transport is happening on electrified lines, the, the other 10% is on non-electrified lines. And today these are mainly diesel trains. And of course, if we want to go to zero emission, these also need to be replaced. So um, we are uh, developing uh, battery and hydrogen trains right now. And um, I must say the, the battery trains are ready to be uh, used in normal operations. It's quite easy uh, on trains because usually in the starting station, you have a catenary line, so you can charge it much easier than on the road. Uh, so transferring from diesel to, to battery is quite easy. Hydrogen, uh, we're also developing. We're going directly to what we call the second generation hydrogen. So they're uh, full trains with full acceleration. Um, they have a battery buffer in the middle so that the hydrogen generator can run at perfect um, at the perfect power point. Um, currently, hydrogen is still uh, more expensive than diesel, but um, who knows how this will be changed um, with all the changes in the energy sector. So, so definitely it's the technology we want to develop because... Um, it is uh, fully thinkable that uh, hydrogen is a solution to the diesel trains in the future. Both technologies will play a role in, in our opinion. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Peter. That is uh, a really enlightening, um, actually, um, talk about sustainability. Um, one last question, because we got the time. I hope that's fine. Um, what can we maybe expect uh, or from Siemens Mobility at Innotrans 2022? Um is about the topic sustainable mobility. Is there something yet to be announceable? The um, sustainable mobility for us is an overarching concept. <clears throat> Our strategy is clearly to lead by digitalization and by innovation. And, and because we, we firmly believe that um, this is where really you get the biggest bang for the buck, wherever we look, you can achieve 30% increase. Is it in um, throughput on the lines? Um, there you can expect that we will have further huge steps in moving our complete infrastructure portfolio into the cloud. Yeah. Um, complete countries can go with interlocking into the cloud or with um, signaling systems, ETCS, into the cloud. And this, of course, allows you to manage the complete network as one whole unit and not um, most European countries have over 2,000 interlocking. So a train passes 40 interlockings when it runs through the country. So a huge increase in efficiency. Um, you can expect a lot of innovation when it comes to automatic driver, uh, train operation, ATO systems, also on mainline. I talked about ETCS, European-wide. Once you have ETCS everywhere, you have the clean interface to provide driverless operation. Uh, there you can expect a lot of um, progress. And then last but not least, Of course, in the rolling stock side, uh, the digital experience of the person who is in the train, the passenger, is extremely important to pull people in the train um, because it's more attractive than, um, than other modes of transportation. And of course, the digitalization within the trains will make trains 100% available, will make um, failures of doors or mechanical systems that happen somewhere in the middle of a trip or during operation. And also predict them, right? Yeah, exactly. We want to predict them and we want to predict them with enough time so that we go less often in the shop. We want to say in the next two weeks, we can bundle four or five activities. So the train goes in the shop for four hours. Everything gets fixed before it actually breaks. So then we can also um, uh, expect quite some movements.
Okay, so so the cloud uh, solution is actually our time traveling machine, or can at least predict the future, maybe a bit, make the future today. Thank you, um, Mr. Peter, for uh, the interview. And it was really nice having you on the InnoTrans podcast show. And um, we really, really looking forward to uh, seeing you at our new uh, exhibition hall, Hub 27, in September 2022. Thank you. Looking very forward to it. Thank you. Thanks. So this was it actually uh, for today. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we are back next month with the CEO of Turbo Mobility, Cornelius Weizmann. Till then, uh, stay safe. If you have any suggestions, write us at podcast at inotrats.de. Check out our blog, check out our LinkedIn and Twitter. And last but not least, simply stay on track and we will hear you again. Bye.